deeply. Second, John, and let's look at this if we can, please, and, and we'll make some notes and some applications momentarily. The Bible says the elder, and I think it's speaking of John the Beloved. Now he is an older man. He's probably the pastor of the church at Ephesus. This may have been written in about A.D. 90, so uh, he is one of the younger disciples. He's the only disciple we know, and his story tells us, that did not die as a martyr. He was tortured. He was persecuted. He was boiled in oil and sent to the Isle of Patmos, where he spent his time writing the book of the Revelation. He probably is not on the Isle of Patmos when he writes this. He probably is at the church at Ephesus. And you might remember, if you look in the first three chapters of Revelation, you'll find that Ephesus is one of those churches that really has a great testimony. It was a church started by the Apostle Paul. He stayed there a year, and uh, three years in Ephesus, teaching the school of Tyrannus, trained multiple pastors and leaders in that church. And uh, many years later, this may have been as many as uh, 30, 40 years later, it was still going. And uh, they had left their first love. You might remember that. That was one of their problems. But it was still going. He was their pastor for a while. Looks like Timothy was asked to stay there to guard the Bible doctrine in 1 Timothy chapter 1. But uh, we believe John the Beloved is the writer of this particular book of the Bible. And he calls himself the elder. Now he's no longer the young teenager that followed Jesus around. Now he's an older man. He writes, he writes it, it says here, to the elect lady and her children, whom I love in the truth, and not I only, but also all they that have known the truth. A couple of thoughts on that real quickly. And uh, we do not know this lady's name. Many folks believe, and I would probably side with them, he's probably not talking about a particular lady He's probably talking about a local church, and the members of that local church is, a, is a, a typology. It may be a particular lady. God isn't given the name of that, but he's either talking to a particular lady who has a family who is known and well-known, or maybe a wealthy lady in one of the churches. That's a possibility. I wouldn't stand strong on that. Or he's talking to an elect lady, a, a local church, and her children, the members of that church who are going on for the Lord. Uh, I don't know which one, but uh, either one is really not, it's not significant. But he's, he is, that's who he's addressing it to. And he says, I love, I love the truth, and I know you guys love the truth, and, um, and they've known the truth. Verse number two, for the truth's sake which dwelleth in us and shall be uh, with us, how long? So is the truth eternal, yes or no? Yeah, we'll find that truth is personified in a person. Grace be unto you, and mercy and peace from God and the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Son of the Father, in truth and love. Has anybody caught on to a little bit of a theme here? What is it? Truth. Yeah. And that is going to be the title of our, of our study tonight, For the Truth's Sake. Verse number four. I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children walking how? In truth, as we receive the commandment from the Father. And now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which, is from, that which we had from the beginning, and, and this commandment is that we love one another. This is love, that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment that uh, as we have heard of him, heard from the beginning, excuse me, ye should walk in it. Verse number 7 changes the tune a little bit here and goes into a warning. For many deceivers are de entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and uh, an antichrist, opposite of what Christ is. 
Look to yourselves. Be aware of what's going on and observe and figure out some things that we lose not those things which we have wrought. He said, I want you to evaluate. Don't waste what you've been given by someone else who's wrought and taught and worked with you, but that we receive a full reward. And it's teaching us that if we help others know the truth, there's a reward for that. Verse number 9. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you that believe, bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed, or God bless you on your way. For he that biddeth him Godspeed is a partaker of his evil deeds, teaching, uh, things that are not right about Christ. Verse number 12, read it with me, would you please? Having many things, I would not write with paper and ink. The children of thy elect sister greet thee, amen. And it seems like he reminds them of some other, other lady he knows or some of the local church that he's with in Ephesus and says, hey, the people that go to this church say hello to you as well. That may be a possibility only is speculation. Let's pray together. Father, please help us as we look to the Word of God. Thank you that we can look to the Bible and see the truths that we need to apply to our own heart and life. I pray you please help me to be a blessing to our, our brothers and sisters here this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you just read one book of the Bible. Don't you feel proud of yourself there? Isn't that great? Yeah, don't break your arm patting yourself on the back. But we just read a whole book of the Bible, and that's great. Just one of the shortest books in our New Testament, really in our Bible, I think, is what we just now read. But a great truth, interesting, that what the Holy Spirit chose to put into the Scriptures for us. But definitely I see a theme in this book, and that is the truth. You'll actually see two themes, truth and love. We'll discuss that momentarily. And John certainly was captivated with the truth. And I think the personification of truth is Jesus Christ. If you would please look at the outline, I'll just give you a quick outline. Uh, these are just suggestions. You can, might read it and find a different outline. But number one, promoting the truth. Verses one through three. The promotion of the truth, and he begins to exalt the truth. He mentions the truth, and then he mentions it in context with the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said of himself in John 14, 6, I think you know this verse, I am the, I am the, I am the life. Very good. I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. No man come to the Father but by me. And teaching us that. Now look at the next one. Is next one in chapter, chapter 1, the only chapter, verses 4 through 6. I think it speaks about practicing the truth. And the way we'll practice the truth is going to be in exercising obedience to God, and obedience would, would entail loving one another and loving God as well. And then verses 7 through 13, the focus is, anybody want to guess what that is? Promoting the truth, practicing the truth, what else? Protecting the truth, sure. He says, now, we're going to have some deceivers out there. We're going to have some people that are some bad dudes. And any kind of bad doctrine, you'll find victims and you'll find villains. There are some people that are door knocking for the Jehovah Witness or they're trying to recruit someone in a different, uh, different uh, faith, and you'll find them. They're not necessarily villains. They're victims of bad doctrine, bad teaching, and they've been duped. And also, in every false religion, you'll find some villains. Some people who know what they're teaching is not true, it's not right, 
and uh, they have, they have uh, deceived because of fame, because of fortune or money or other things, power or control. These are some things that certainly you see this in any false teaching. And John, along with Apostle Paul, he spent much time talking to us about be careful about wrong teachers. Whenever there's a bad doctrine, there's always a who. There's somebody. He said to the people of Galatia, he said, you did run well. Who did hinder you? In 1 Timothy chapter 4, the Bible tells us, the Spirit speaketh expressly in latter times, some shall depart from the faith. And you know the first way they do that? Giving heed, listening to seductive spirits, doctrines of devils, lies and hypocrisy, and eventually having their, their conscience seared with a hot iron. What's dangerous? You know, you think about being seared with a hot iron. If you, if you take a pair of slacks and you put a, uh, an iron on them and you keep them there long term, uh, it, will, it will turn them to a very hard and it will, it, will, it will blend all the pores and you won't even be able to put water through it. Uh, it'll be too hard for that. The water would just go off the sides of it. If I dropped water on my slacks today, it would go right through it. I would feel it immediately. But you sear this, this, pair, this pair of uh, pants with a hot iron and then you drop water, it will not absorb. It will just go off of it. I think what happens when someone listens to wrong Seductive spirits. They get involved with doctrines that are laced with error. That's what, uh, you know, the devil is a, a beautiful angel. He's not, a, he's not running around with a pitchfork. He's not running around looking like he's an angel of light, bringing in falsehood uh, with truth. He'll blend the two. It doesn't take much acid. It doesn't take much uh, a strychnine or, or a poison to kill a person. Just put a little bit in there. That's how he'll do that. Doctrines of devils. And then lies and hypocrisy. You know, you can have it your way. You can have Christianity your way. You ever talk to someone who's gone away from the Lord? I'd be like, I'm just so happy now. I have felt so much freedom. I just feel I'm closer to God than I've ever been. Now, their, their lives are absolutely opposite of that. They curse. I've had them see them holding a Budweiser telling me I just have such freedom. I'm in grace now. I'm just free. It's a lie. It's a lie. They'll speak the lies in hypocrisy. And it's an it's a, it's a empty lie, and it's a, you're faking it. But the worst thing is having your conscience seared with a hot iron. Now, the water of God's word, when it's preached, it does not penetrate your conscience. One of the most wonderful things you ought to thank God for is an opportunity to be able to hear God's word and respond in your heart when God speaks to you. This is one of the reasons I think when God speaks to us, we should always respond to God favorably. Now, no response is still a response. But if God speaks to you about something, don't make him yell at you. Go ahead and just respond. You don't have to come down forward every single service, but there's nothing wrong with doing that from time to time. But if God speaks to your heart, respond. Say, God, you're right, I'm wrong. One thing you don't want to do is for, your, is for God's word no longer to penetrate. I've lived long enough to hear Christians who one time had holy lives. Now they have wicked lives. And they say this. I'm just not convicted about that. I'm just not convicted about that. It's, not, it's nothing. You know, at one time they were. At one time they were close to the Holy Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God convicted them. And they were strong in that. Now it's like, I just don't have a conviction about that. I remember talking to a man one time. And, it just, and, and I, I, I was thinking about this recently. I was at a man's ordination. And I went there to his church. And helped him in so many things, and boy, just a vibrant servant of Christ, but just slipped away, 
Little by little, the compromises, giving heed to seducing spirits, doctrines of devils, lies and hypocrisy, getting on the internet, telling everybody that he's no longer uh, loyal to the fundamentals of the Bible, and he's a new fundamentalist and all of this other stuff. And, but boy, as time went on, I, you could see it. There was a, they're gonna, he's going to crash and burn. And he did. And I'm not grieved by, I'm not happy about that. I'm sad about that. But stuff like, you know, it doesn't bother me anymore. It doesn't convict me. I, don't, I just don't feel convicted about that. Oftentimes people who will go away from the Lord and follow into this pathway, they'll come to a service like this one or services, revival means, and they'll watch people get front, go forward and make a decision, and they'll just kind of chuckle like, yeah, oh, that was good. I like that. That was a good little song. I've never heard that chorus before. That was kind of cool. Yeah, like, I'm glad to come back and see everybody's good faces. But nothing speaks to them. Hey, I'm glad the old church doing good. You know, it's good to see everybody. Well, it's wonderful to see all that. But the Word of God, nothing seems to penetrate. Boy, you don't want to have that way. And I don't think many of you do have that way, but if you find yourself a little bit cold, uh, warm up to the Word of God. Respond to the Spirit of God. Uh, obey every spiritual impulse the Spirit of God gives you. Don't, don't just say, ah, that's not important, that's not important. You keep doing that, you're going to find yourself calloused in your heart. I've been there, I don't want to be there. And you don't want to be there either. May God help us to remember that. But we need to protect the truth. That's it. That is the third part there. Lessons to learn. Number one, the truth is revealed in the Scriptures. Yeah, we'll find the Word of God in the Word. We'll find the truth in the Word of God. The truth is personified in the person of Jesus. And I like how John says about Jesus, in the beginning was the, who is the Word? Jesus. And I certainly believe that Jesus is, is found throughout the Old Testament. I think he's the voice of God that walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. I think he is certainly the, the fourth man in the fire. We see him, uh, uh, Christophanes, all through the Old Testament. But he certainly is the Word of God. Someone said, if you want to know yourself, you need to know God because you're made in his image. If you want to know God, you need to know his son because Jesus is the image of, his, of God. If you're going to know his son, you'll need to know his word because Jesus is the word. You can find it. I think it was Spurgeon or maybe it was D.L. Moody that said this. He said, when I read my Bible, I start reading and I try to find a fast track to Jesus as soon as I can. I want to find where's Jesus in Genesis. Where's Jesus in Exodus? Where's Jesus in Joshua? And boy, if, you, if you're a Bible student, you can tell me. I could ask you, where's Jesus in Genesis? You could be able to tell me. Uh, who, where his types and shadows are all through the Old Testament. It would be a good idea for all of us to be able to take our friends and say, here's what Jesus is in the book of Ruth. Who is he in the book of Ruth? Someone tell me. He's our kinsman, redeemer in the book of Ruth. In, in Joshua, he's the captain of the Lord of hosts. We see that. Uh, we see throughout the scriptures. In Daniel, he's that fourth man in the fire. You can see him throughout the scriptures. He's there, and when you read your Bible, find Jesus. Uh, and, uh, and I think you're going to find a great blessing there. Well, the truth is revealed in the Scripture. Number two, truth is Christians. Truth is the Christian's common denominator, and it is eternal. I want to just, uh, we're so close to this, I want you to see it underlined in your Bible. 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 2. The truth is, is the Christian's common denominator. What is the root word of Christian? Christ. And uh, I like what Apostle Paul said. He says, I am crucified with Christ.
Christ. He said, Christ is my life. He's not his hobby, his interest, he's his life. But look real quick at 1 John chapter 5, verse, 2, verse 20. You'll see it on the same page, possibly. Look at verse number 20. Let's read it out loud together. And we know that the Son of God is come, that we may know him, that is, and we are in him, that is, even in his Son, Jesus Christ, this is the true God and so who is the son of who is the son Jesus Christ according to that last line there? He's the son of God. He's the true God and he is eternal life. He that hath the son hath hath life and that life is an everlasting life. So truth is God's is a common nominator for a Christian. And uh, boy you, you that's something we could share when I talk to people about discipleship and I had the joy to disciple a man this week on, on, on Monday, and I'm grateful. I taught about 25 pastors this week and had the chance to sit down with them and teach them and challenge them about discipling new converts. And I had an older man come to me and said, Pastor, you're teaching me this about 30 years too late. He said, this has been the burden of my ministry, trying to get people to grow. And I, I have just thought I can get them to grow by just preaching to them. I need to have that one-on-one. -on -one, that You know what? Discipleship is not a book. It's not a lesson. It's not a program. Discipleship is one Christian sharing the life of Christ with another Christian. Discipleship is Christ. It is exchanging of, two, of, of people who have Jesus and exchanging the life of Christ with them. And uh, we find that the Bible teaches here, and truth is the Christian is common on there, and it's eternal, just like Jesus is eternal. Number three, Christ Jesus must be revealed in truth and in love. Uh, it's a common honor. Look, if you would, please, I think you'll see that in the bottom of page number, or, or, or chapter one, verse number three. Grace be unto you in peace and uh, mercy and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father. Would you read the last four words with me? In and, uh, Apostle Paul says it this way, speaking the truth in, he said the same way. And this is important. Let me just tell you something, especially when you're raising children, you're working relationships, truth communicated without love oftentimes becomes caustic and pushed back against. Every once in a while you'll find someone who's just truth, 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 but there's no, there's no love, there's no affection. And truth communicated without love oftentimes brings contention. However, love taking away truth will always lead to compromise. And it's really not truth. Love, if you say, well, I just, I love my kids too much to discipline them. You're going to have some problems. And they're going to have problems their whole life, and it'll be your fault. Because you don't want to, you, you say, well, I just love, love, love. No truth, no. But, but, but truth, without love, is going to bring contention oftentimes. And then, however, if you can blend the two together, you don't have compromised contention. You really have conformity to the person of Jesus Christ. It would be a good idea to ask yourself and to ask others, what does the Lord want us to do here? What does the Bible say? What's the truth here? What's the truth we need to see from God's word? Uh, truth and love are uh, twins that need to, be, need to come into the picture together. Number four, obedient Christians who walk in the truth, and that's what sets you aside. You know, God uses thermometer of obedience to test the temperature of our love. You want to know what the temperature in this room is, you'll look at the thermometer up there in, the, in there, or one of the men knows where it is. I don't know where it is. I, can't, I get lost in this building. 
But if they want to know the temperature of this building, they look at the thermometer. You know, God wants to know if you love him or not. He looks at the thermometer of our obedience. And obedient Christians are showing they're walking in truth. And Jesus said, if you love me, what do you do? You keep my commandments. You do what I ask you to do. Can't say I love God if I'm not, if not willing to do what he asked me to do. Look at the next thing. He says, uh, who walk in the truth, they bring great joy to others and earn eternal rewards. Can we look at verse number four together? Or actually, uh, verse number eight. Verse number eight. Let's look at verse four. I rejoice how that I found of thy children walking in truth as we have received the commandment from our Father. He says, man, it makes me so happy that I found people who are willing to walk in truth. Look, if you would please, at 3 John, verse number 4. Read it with me, if you would please. 3 John, verse number 4. I have no greater than to hear that my children walk in truth. Four, uh, 2 John 4 says, I rejoice. And then four, uh, 3 John 4 says, I have no greater joy. There is joy to others. You want to be a blessing to someone around you? Walk in truth. Walk in truth. Don't, don't live like an idiot. Don't live in sin. The way the transgressor is, it's hard for you. It's hard for other people around you. It just, it just complicates everyone around you. And really, it's rooted in pride and selfishness. Just people just don't, they don't care about everybody around them. They only care about themselves. And it becomes very self-centered and sinful, and it lacks joy. Then I want you to notice here that it earns eternal reward. Verse number 8, look to yourselves. He said, look, look, make sure that you're walking in truth. And you're not being deceived that we lose not those things which we have wrought. He said that we don't lose what we taught you, but that we may receive a full reward. There is reward for those who instruct others, and you can bless other people who do you. I, I tell you, one of the more, the more grievous things is to see people who have been instructed in the right way go off the wrong way. You can't hurt your instructors any more than that. And I, every once in a while, I'll find someone that I invested a lot of time and effort and energy, and it was the Lord that did it. But boy, to see them just fall off into a ditch or just uh, snub everything that's good in God, boy, nothing more hurtful. And it cheapens. It cheapens the, uh, the, uh, the whole experience. He said, do that so we can have a full reward, both you and me and uh, you and the one you help. Look at number five. Standing for the truth is serious business. Uh, John is going to tell this lady and her kids, he's going to say, look, somebody comes to you and they do not bring the doctrine of Christ in its real form, don't bring them into your house to talk about it. And don't send them off with the blessings of God. It's kind of really, he's telling me, look, you've got to separate in order to stay right. Every once in a while, somebody will say, well, I'm going to be like the world so I can win the world. That's like taking a clean white shirt and going over here to a, to a grease monkey just coming off work at, uh, at the mechanic shop and trying to get your, get your arm on him so you can get him clean. What happens? He gets you dirty. And that's the, that's the, that's the thing. The Bible says, come out from among them and be ye. And certainly in doctrine, because doctrine determines destiny. What you believe determines where you're going to end up one day. And he's going to remind them. He said, listen, don't do that. Let me just give you a couple thoughts about Christ. Can we do that real quickly? You're good. Let's look at this. Number one, Christ is God. Christ is God. And we can see that. The Word was made flesh. John chapter 1 and verse number, uh, verse number 14. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And uh, Christ was virgin born. Is that a big deal? Oh, it's a big deal. 
It's a big deal. And the Bible tells us that which is formed in you is the Son of God. He told, he told uh, Mary that. And then, of course, before, it makes it very clear to tell us that before uh, jo uh, Joseph and Mary ever consummated their marriage, uh, the, the baby Jesus was born. Isaiah 7, verse 14, Behold, a virgin would conceive. Every once in a while you'll find a, a cheap imitation of the Bible, and it will say, a young woman would conceive. You think there's anything different between a virgin and a young woman? Yeah, is that, is that a big deal? Oftentimes you, things that are different are not the same, and they dumb us down. It's trying to tell us here, Jesus is God. Jesus is virgin born. Uh, Jesus lived a sinless life. Uh, the Bible tells us that he was the second Adam, and the first man was earthly. The second man is spiritual in his person of Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, the Bible tells us that God made Jesus to be sin for us, who knew no sin of his own, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He was without sin, and the virgin birth is a big deal about that. What else we know about God? I want you to notice that Jesus is both God and man. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, the Bible reminds us that, um, that she shall bring forth the son. Oh, no, excuse me, uh, Isaiah 9, 6, and they shall call his name. Um, boy, I'm messing up the first part of that. Help me with the first part of it. Let's turn there real quickly. That would help all of us, right? Because you're, you're as confused as I am, aren't you? Isaiah 9, 6, when I see it, I'll be disappointed. Yep, for unto us. For unto us, and what? Okay, that talks about his, his human, humanity. Okay, for us a child was born. Our daughter Lydia and Phil, uh, they had their first baby this morning at 4.36 this morning. And this afternoon, uh, I went over there and held that new little baby girl. You want to see some pictures? I'm just joking. That was all I could do to keep from going to the big screen. And I thought, man, that's not going to be fair. Everybody else can't do that. And I, just because I'm pushing, pushing my uh, pastor card there, so I won't do that. But, uh, boy, she's cuter than a little bugs here. A little beautiful little pumpkin head. You'll like to see her one day. But there's uh, nothing more vulnerable than a baby. You know, that baby cannot survive unless it gets some help. And God brought Jesus to be a baby. A child is born. And but speaking about its humanity, but unto us a son is given, and his name shall be called the Counselor, the Mighty God. So in the same verse, he's a human, human and he's God. In the same verse, we see that. Uh, Reminds us of his deity. He's an example to us. We see that through the scriptures. He's our example. Uh, in Philippians chapter 2, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And how is he an example? All through that, Philippians 2, verses 1 through, through 8, 9, 10, you'll see that he's our great example. He's an effective sacrifice. Hebrews chapter 10, it's one and done. He died once. And uh, we can trust his salvation. Then lastly, I, I think he's a, he's a very sympathetic high priest. Aren't you glad that you have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of your affirmities, but was all points tempted like we are yet without? He didn't have any sin. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, 16, uh, going on. Well, let's, let me give you this last thought real quickly. Um, he says, look, if someone doesn't come with that understanding, you can stand on the front porch. I wouldn't suggest you argue long with them. He said, certainly don't uh, say God bless you when you leave. <laughs> That's what he's saying. He said, it's serious because doctrine determines destiny and don't let them peddle wrong teaching about them. By the way, you find that in the apostolic movement. You find that in the Jehovah's Witness and the Mormons. 
You find that in many different doctrines of the world. And that's the big, that's the big telltale. Is Jesus God? And all God's people said, yes, he is. He is very much. Last thought here real quickly. Verse number six. The Bible says some personal conversations are best handled face to face. This is probably one of the more practical things. It has really not to do with Jesus and that kind of thing. But I just like how John answered that. Would you look at with me verse number 12 of uh, 2 John, verse 12. The Bible tells us this, having many things to write unto you. He said, I've got a lot more things I could write, but he's written this short letter. Would not write them with paper and ink, but I trust to come unto you and speak how? That our joy may be full. I say this only just as a little bit of a, uh, a warning or a thought. We live in a world where everything is done, email and text. We're even getting away from snail mail and writing things. The truth of the matter is there are some things that are okay done that way, but there are some oftentimes you can't always read people's... Um, Linda was telling me that today. Her mom is deaf. And sometimes she'll have different interpreters. Her mom will call her, and it'll be a different interpreter. And the interpreter doesn't know her mom, but all she knows is the sign. And she'll sometimes give inflection or, or things. She'll talk real fast, or she'll, she'll give things. And she's like, like, like mom is angry. She's not angry. But the way the girl tells it, it looks like she's angry. Sometimes when text and emails, and I'm not saying you don't do those, but I was just, there are some things that are just better handled face-to-face. Sometimes it's just better to sit down with somebody. And what we live in a day and time, people will say unbelievable, unkind, rude things in a text or in an email. They would never say face-to-face. But because it's somewhere out there, people post things on a, on a social media site that they would never say in a public forum face-to-face. I like what John said, and I think it's just a real quick uh, lesson for all of us. There are just some things probably best to say, you know, I think I'll see my friend talk to him about that. That might not come across very good if I say it like this. They may not know how I feel about that. They might know I love them when I'm telling them this right here, if I just send them this harsh email or this blunt text. Some things might be better just done face-to-face. I think it's just a sweet thing that God teaches us here. Let's pray together.